tonight at midnight, Nas is dropping his 14th studio album, King's Disease 2. Now, the other morning, I opened up my phone, went on Instagram first thing first, as all normal people should, and I see that Nas is dropping a brand new album. I got so excited immediately, but I do have some concerns going into this record that I hope don't come true. We're going to talk into that later. Now, first of all, everyone's saying, yo, Mr. F, is Donza dropping tomorrow? Listen, it's not coming out. Just get over it. You got a Nas album to enjoy and listen to and experience. So just enjoy that and wait for Donza to come out. Kanye is live streaming himself sleeping. He is not anywhere close to finishing this album. Like people are flying in. He just saw Jadakiss just bodied fucking Dipset the other night and he just flew Jadakiss in. Like there, it's not coming soon. He he has people that are just getting there. Fabio Foreign is there. Like it is all over the place, this creative process. So just don't expect Donna to come out anytime soon. But again, we have a Nas album to enjoy. So let's just talk about that. Let's focus on the good. Let's focus on what's coming out. Now, this is the follow-up to his 2020 album, King's Disease. That was a very good album. I gave it an 8.7 out of 10. It overall got very good critical reception. Looking back on it, I would have bumped down my score to like a lower 8, like an 8.2. But it is still a great record nonetheless. It came at a pivotal time in Nas's career. Obviously, the 2018 Nasir, which was produced by Kanye West, Kanye did his thing. Kanye actually, I think, had one of the better production jobs of his career, you know, fusing his soulfulness with the more boom-bap, hardcore, East Coast hip-hop style. But Nas just absolutely sold on this record. Like, he really fumbled it. Like, talking about anti-vax lines and then having all these false information bars. Like, he was just saying false shit and, like, expecting us to be like, wow, like, you're a fucking poet. Like, we believe you. Like, I don't get this. It's like you're in high school you write a whole paper about something that's just not true. You write it really good because, I mean, you know, Nas's flow, his cadence, his sound was all very pristine. But overall, it just didn't click because he was stating bullshit. Like, were you really going to think that, like, you were going to get away with that? Like, Barack Obama asked for this record. Barack Obama asked Kanye to produce a record by Nas. This was from the president's wishes. And what do you do? You absolutely just fumble it. Like, that was the type of stage you had and you just sold and then, you know, you go to 2019, things are starting to look better. Nas is going to drop King's Disease, or not King's Disease, excuse me, Lost Tapes 2. The follow-up to his cult classic 2002 compilation LP, The Lost Tapes. And it sucks. It, I, as soon as I heard the single for this album, the Jeru of Melody, whatever it was called, and go, Melody, 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 I was like, wow, this is fucking terrible. And the rest of the album, I mean, there was a couple decent tracks, but overall, this was just so mid. And with features or production credits from guys like Swizz Beats, Riza, Kanye, it just made no sense that this thing was so lackluster. Obviously, he bounces back with King's Disease, shows his ability to age gracefully. He's working with guys like Lil Durk, Fabio Farr, and Don Tolliver, Big Sean. He's trading bars with Anderson Pack on a track. Like this record really showed that Nas can age gracefully. And still, you know, you had your smooth songs like Charlie Wilson's Car 85, Blue Benz, where he's reminiscing on a car and using it as a device to talk about a past relationship and a past world that he used to live in. We see him talk about the effects of Kobe Bryant and Nipsey Hussle's death on himself. Like, there is so much powerful, potent content embedded in this record. And he actually, you know, I can't. I can't forget to mention the posse cut with the firm where, you know, they're trading bars like it's 1996 again. Like shit was just so hard. Nas really did make one on this record. Like he tore it up. He showed how great he is. And he showed that he still has it. 
Now, less than a year later, as King's Disease came out in late August of 2020, you're getting another record. So obviously, you know, he's riding off this hot streak, but it really just makes me ask the question now, where are these songs coming from? Did Nas initially plan to release a King's Disease 2 last year? Did he start recording this after the Grammy? Or did he see that the Grammy won? You know, he won the Grammy somehow. He probably wasn't expecting it. Because I don't think anyone was expecting it. After a year where they picked, you know, Igor, Cardi B's Invasion of Privacy, they were picking these, you know, really popular, big mainstream records. Nas is King's Disease. A Nas album. Nas literally 27 years into his career gets a Grammy. Makes absolutely no sense from the Grammy's history. Was very unpredictable. And, I mean, obviously, you know, Alfredo got robbed. But we're happy for Nas. But... He's coming back now. Did he just decide, oh shit, we want a Grammy. Let's really release some Lucy's. Let's release tracks that didn't make it. Let's butter them up, add some features. Let's add some, you know, coding to them. Let's do it. And is that what this is coming from? I don't think it is, but I'm sure we'll be able to tell if it is. And that won't be good. And I'm sure in that case, the record will probably just flop. It'll be very average, very mediocre. But I think that these are just new songs. I think Nas probably recorded this after winning the Grammy, though, so that's probably the best-case scenario. So out of the three hypothetical situations about the recording process, I think B, which is the middle option, he didn't plan this sequel a year ago, but he decided to record it after the success. But looking at the track list, we got 15 tracks and some really good features, like really good features. We have the track EPMD2, which is what I think everyone is talking about. Features, obviously, the legendary duo EPMD. We're going to see Nas and Eric Sermon together. I wonder if he produced it or if Hitboy did. But that's awesome. But on top of that, Marshall Mathers. Yes, Eminem is featured on this song. I don't think we've ever seen Nas and Eminem on a track together. I could be wrong, but off the top of my head, I can't think of a time where they were on a song. So this is huge. Nas and Eminem on a song, like... The expectations for this track, everyone is talking about this. Hip-hop heads, old heads especially, are fucking flipping. Now, I don't know how Eminem's really going to perform. Is he going to spit a crazy verse? Is he going to show up in the presence of greatness? Or is he going to do some dumb shit and I'm going to be making memes about him tomorrow? I'm really not sure, but I hope this track is really good. I think it will probably just be good. I don't think it's going to be amazing. I don't think it's going to live up to the expectations because when you have two of the most revered MCs in the genre's history together, it's really like impossible to live up to those expectations unless you really, you know, really scored out of the park. So I think this will be a good track. I don't think Eminem's going to do something super dumb, probably a little dumb, but not super dumb. I think Eminem low overall will spit a good verse. I think Nas will do his thing and EPMD is going to be EPMD. Um, makes me, you know, confident enough that this project is going to be good now looking at the other song that everyone is talking about we have nobody featuring the one and only miss lauren hill now getting a lauren hill feature is like one of the most prideful and accomplishing things in hip-hop off the rip she has been absent for literally since you know for three decades the 2000s the 2010s and the 2020s nowhere to be found the last feature i remember her doing was on a push a t track in 2019 coming home she spitted just a beautiful hook an angelic glorious hook and i wonder if you know we're just gonna see a hook from lauren hill like we saw on lauren hill and nas's 1996 collaboration we're going back fucking decades now i i if i rule the world which is the last time they collaborated or if we're gonna see a more you know fleshed out thoughtful verse from Lauren Hill, which I think would probably be like the greatest thing ever. Like 
I don't remember hearing a Lauren Hill verse in ages. So like, oh, I'm just thinking right now. I'm getting excited. But realistically, I think it will just be a hook. Let's not get our hopes high. If it is a verse, though, pop a little champagne, smoke a little cigar, enjoy that because that will probably be the last Lauren Hill verse you will ever fucking hear. But, you know, those are two big collaborations. You got Lauren Hill and Eminem. Like, that's just huge. Now, other features, you got Charlie Wilson, who's back from King's Disease 1 on the song No Phony Love, which I'm sure will be another nice, vibrant anthem. We have Brunch on Sundays featuring Blast, who is a West Coast rapper who I don't really know much about and is very fairly new to the scene, but I'm sure he's on a Nas record for a reason. And then we have a Hit Boy feature later in the track list with Composure, which again, I'm sure is probably, I don't know why Hit Boy's featured on this song. I'm sure he produced the entire record like last time. He was featured on Ultra Black. Maybe, you know, it was the agreement, the bargaining contract. Maybe he's going to spit a little. I don't know. We did see him spit a little on the Judas and the Black Messiah soundtrack, which he executive produced. But, um, you know, this is huge. And Hit Boy executive producing this entire record gives me confidence. He obviously did the last one and he was literally like, he was right there with the alchemist for the MVP of 2020. When it comes to producers, he executive produced big Sean's Detroit too. And then he executive produced King's disease, obviously. And he produced Benny, the butcher's burden of proof, which was, you know, one of the best albums of the year it was in my top five. And, you know, it was just a huge resume to do three records that were all considered some of the artists best in years. Like, it's just a huge feat to accomplish. And obviously this year, he executive produced the Judas and the Black Messiah soundtrack. So this is his fifth executive production job in actually less than a year because all of those records have came in less than a year. King's Disease 1 came out in August. Detroit 2 came out in September. Burden of Proof came out in October or November, I want to say. It came out like late October, early November. I don't remember. I think it was October 16th. Now, if I was actually right on that, I guess I'm actually just like the Messiah of hip hop. I don't know. But, I mean, there is just a lot to be excited about for this record. It looks good. Like, on paper, looking at the track list, looking at the situation, they're mostly leaning towards the positive end. Now, giving my, you know, ultimate prediction, I'm obviously going to predict the score. And it's funny, I actually did a prediction on my website last year for King's Disease 1, and I predicted it to be a 7.5 out of 10. It was surprisingly better than that, but I don't think... We're going to get a record better than King's Disease 1 in all, honestly. I just don't think that, you know, Nas is going to be able to match that again. But I do think he's going to be able to make a very good record, probably in the top 30, top 40 this year. Hopefully when it finishes at this rate, it might actually be in the top 10 because 2020 has really just been a very slow year, a very boring year, aside from some of the top tier releases from guys like Todd the Creator, Brock Hansen, Vince Staples. But... I think this record is going to be anywhere from a mid to strong seven. If I'm going to put my tongue on it, I'm going to say a 7.6 out of 10. I think that's my prediction for this record. I hope it's a little better. I hope it's not worse, though. I don't think if Nas gets a 7.6 out of 10, if he gets anywhere in the sevens or eights, it's a great record. It's a great point to be pretty much 30 years into your career and be able to make a record that, you know, on my artist overview series, a B, a seven is a B on my scale. Seven is a really good score. I think a problem is, and now this has nothing to do with Nas, this is just something to do with the music community and people trying to rate stuff in general, is people don't utilize that full one through 10 scale. If you're going to rate one to 10, rate one to 10. Don't rate, you know, 10 to seven, because I see a lot of people doing that. And like someone will give something a seven and be like, yo, that's a bad score. Even a six, a six is an above average score. 
five is average. Five is the average between one and 10. It's like a very simple thing. So, you know, if you're doing that, if you're giving bad albums eights because you're just insecure or not insecure, but you're scared to hurt the artist, like, you know, just use the full fucking scale. That's my point because I saw this this week and, you know, when Isaiah Rashad's The House is Burning came out, y'all all started giving that shit an eight. Like, I feel like eight is the number people just jump to when they don't know what to rate something. It's like, oh, it's an eight. It's an eight. Like, don't throw around that eight because it is a very special score. In my, you know, hip-hop spectrum, I've probably only given maybe 200, 300 records out of the entire genre's history over an eight. So, like, it's a very exclusive number. But with that being said, I think Nas's King's Disease 2 I think it's going to aim around that 7.6 mark. I think it's going to be a very enjoyable record, but I really, I'm concerned that it was just going to be rushed. I think that's the issue. I think there's going to be just some tracks on here that are just not really that good. They're just very, you know, out there. And the one track I forgot to mention, and this track is the, probably the mainstream banger track. And I actually like the prospect of this track. It is called YKTV, which, you know, for my people who are not with the slang of the modern age means you know the vibe. It is a song with A Boogie with the Hoodie, who is a Bronx trap artist who is very good. He doesn't get enough love in the hip-hop community, but he has a very solid catalog. Projects like Artist and The Bigger Artist are very good, emotional, but fun and adventurous trap records. Great vocalists and overall just a very charismatic performer, very charismatic singer rapper, whatever you want to classify him as. He is a very good artist and it's featuring YG, which in the past I have been known for scrutinizing YG because he's been very bad since 2016, still brazy. But I think that, you know, he's a good feature artist. He killed a track he did with um, Public Enemy last year in the Fight the Power remix. So I have no concern that in the presence of Nas and in the presence of A Boogie and one of his contemporaries, he will be able to show up. I think that will be a fun banger. And overall, I think this will just be a fun record. If it's anywhere in that B tier or higher, I'll obviously be happy. I don't think I don't think anywhere, you know, some people always say like when Nas dropping, like imagine if he tops Omatic, like you're not topping Omatic. You're not topping it was written. You're not gonna top the like early two thousands records either. I don't think you're topping Stillmatic. Godson, Lost Tapes at this point. I think those are just ghosts that you will never be able to catch up to. I think they'll always just you know, be flying and you'll be chasing him. And no matter how far Nas gets, I don't think he has that level, that capacity anymore to release an album, you know, above a nine. I think Nas's ceiling at this point is an A tier album. I don't think it's an S tier, but if we get a B tier, A tier again, I'll be very happy. And overall, I'm just excited. Nas coming out tomorrow potentially there's like a 2% chance we get Donda, but we're getting a new single from the weekend and we're also getting an album from RZA. So there's just a lot to look forward to coming out this Friday, August 6th. But, um, you know, obviously in typical fantastic hip hop fashion, I'm going to be releasing a review. I'm going to release it on YouTube, my website, Instagram for this album. It's going to be everywhere. It's a huge album. One of the biggest releases we've had of this year so far. So be sure to check that out and see if I sound like a fucking idiot on this. I hope this doesn't age terribly or see if I'm just a wizard and I see the future. Now, I love you guys. Thank you guys so much for watching. Thank you guys for listening. If you're in the YouTube gang, leave a like and subscribe. If you're in the podcast streaming service gang, make sure to follow the podcast. I really appreciate it. Listen, have a great day. Mr. Fantastic, signing out. Peace.